Hi, my friends. If you remember, I've spent some of the recent shows talking about what makes games exciting. Of course, this will always be disputable as tastes are different, but still it was interesting to find out some common features in good games. Now let's talk about what makes games boring, and perhaps we can agree a little more. I have simply taken a look at the games that I despise the most on the Geek and easily found some features that I can describe in the next shows. Boring feature number one is repetition combined with futility. You know, repetition can of course be a good thing. If a game mechanic is really enjoyable, like for example the selection of always different roles or actions as in games like Kelus or Age of Empires 3, it is good. But to make a repeated game mechanic enjoyable, it has to have some kind of meaningful aspect and a timing to it. Let's start with the oldest kinds of games, abstract strategy games, yawn. Mm. These games are usually strictly you-go, I-go, but they involve an incredible number of choices and a changing situation, which produces something one could call tension if you're into these kind of games, at least as long as you feel somehow in control. If the choices become too manifold, of course, analysis paralysis can set in, and that can be bad for some players, especially for the other person waiting. Also, most card games have basically one repeated mechanic. Play a card each turn until you have none left, for example. But also here the fun aspect of the good card games is how much your initial decisions will later force you to do things you don't want later on, like in trick-taking games. There's also often the element of the unknown that I already described, for example, will my opponent have that specific card or not? The most sophisticated and obviously successfully designed card game is without doubt Bridge, but that already introduces two distinct phases that are completely different the bidding phase and the actual play phase. The constant change between these two phases keeps players going, more than if there would only be one phase, only bidding or only playing. It's the combination that makes this game work. If you continue in game history, we will encounter the elaborate turn sequence, something that has, please correct me if I'm wrong, been one of the major inventions of war games and later became a staple of Euro games. No modern game can live without a turn sequence, in fact. Turn sequences can be very varied and consist of many different phases. Some war games take hours to work through one single sequence and not one step will be repeated. This is certainly fun, as there's little repetition, but you need to be very dedicated to play these often long games. If you look at most successful gamers' games of today, we will find that they are a good mix of many usually very different phases, corresponding to a finite length that has to be carefully balanced to create fun. The designers often throw in what I would call wild phases to keep the game exciting. These wild phases usually involve auctioning, bidding or trading. As these phases will very much be unpredictable, they usually create continuing interest even if they're repeated. But the philosopher's stone here is the correlation of the game length to the repetitiveness of phases. If the game outstays its welcome, it can be as interesting as it wants and never be a really well-loved game. Let's look at a game that everybody knows and most people like, and which one could describe as perfect, even though it's very old, Backgammon. Backgammon has a lot of repetitive dice rolling, but as each game takes only 20 minutes or so, it never becomes too much. It also has three acts, like many good films. First, you bring your stones in motion toward the goal, making them vulnerable. In the second act, the pieces of each player clash in the middle, with some variation thrown in through reappearing slain pieces, and the final act is what I would call release, when you try to bring your pieces out of the game as quickly as possible. Most successful modern gamers' games have something like three acts. 
This could actually be the start of an interesting theoretical approach, like approaching writing movie scripts or finding the golden mean in great art. I don't totally believe in these things, but sometimes they are interesting to ponder. The three acts in a typical Euro game could be like this. First you build up, then there is some conflict or competition in the middle, then there is usually a final phase in which some kind of race for the goal takes place, in which you throw in everything you've got. Not so far from Begammon if you think about it. It is interesting to know that many games have also three scoring rounds, which supports the three-act structure thesis. The first scoring round is usually not that important, the middle one is more important, and the final one is all important with the possibility for players to make gain. We can count a near-endless number of Euro games that have three scoring rounds, so it must be a basic principle. Now there are games that outstay their welcome. Every one of you has certainly sometimes played a game in which a certain mechanic became unbearably boring. For example, you played a game of Monopoly, and at a certain point it is absolutely clear who will win, but then you have to play for three more hours and count endless wads of cash. Or you play Risk and somebody gets Australia, and you absolutely know that that person will win, but then there is six more hours of rolling dice until you get there. Repetition, combined with the feeling of futility, is always a sign for a bad gaming experience. Many games that are considered bad by many people have that tediousness. They never seem to end. Only great helpings of theme can remedy that, and even that might not work. For example, I'm a fan of Talisman from the olden times, when it had little competition as a game. But I can absolutely understand that a game of today finds it a bit too repetitive and outstaying its welcome. For me, the theme and the memories I have from many game nights let me be less critical, perhaps. So... Dear game designers, if you have a new game, make sure that it has as little repetitive elements as possible. Throw in some wild elements that constantly change and make sure the game has a length that exactly correlates to its excitement. This is my thesis for today. And folks, thanks for correcting my entry in Wikipedia that it now mentions the Dice Tower. It's still missing my contributions to point to point, though. Well, one can't have everything, I guess. Star Wars, Epic Duels, Rules, and May Tom and Sam indulge us in the secret how one can actually put Heroescape's contents back into the box again. Last time it took me three days, and it still wouldn't close. Bye-bye.